Go Loud. Podcasts, radio and music to your ears. Iconic. That place was like a, a comedy. It was like a comedy. sitcom. Yeah. And then one of the times we were doing that dance, somebody ran into us and said, Quentin Tarantino you know and his that? girlfriend are sitting there on table number seven yeah. <laughs> looking for one of the magic teapots. That was we ran up to Quentin Tarantino yeah. and his girlfriend and I went, do, do you want to hear me sing? I'm going to sing uh, Caledonia. So I sang Caledonia. Around the world. Around the world. In 80 gays. In 80 gays. Around the world. Around the world. In Heroes of our bygone days who fought for freedom and equality. Icons anthems coming out, pronouns drag queen struggles, life and love. Around the world, around the world, in eighty gays. Around the world, around the world, in eighty gays. Welcome to Around the World in 80 Gays, a podcast hosted by me, Catherine Lynch. And me, Brian Kennedy. Now, each week we talk about gay culture, gay inspirations and gay icons. This week we are joined by an old friend of mine, Declan Buckley, a.k.a. Shirley Temple Bar, drag queen extraordinaire. Ooh, that's Dec- me. Oh, yeah, that's you. Exactly. <laughs> I'm extraordinaire. <laughs> Declan is also a winner of the 1997 Alternative Miss Ireland, long-standing host of Bingo with Shirley Temple Bar in the George Bar in Dublin. And since 2001, he has been the presenter of Telly Bingo on RTE. Is it that long? Well, the hits don't stop there because Declan is also an advocate for deaf issues, is Agony Uncle on the Sean Moncrief show, has a weekly column in the GCN, can levitate, <laughs> whittle twigs into forks and can make himself invisible at will. I've seen it. I am. I'm oh invisible right now with me. the cringe. For fork's sake, please welcome to a round of what I need, Glaze. Declan! Hello. Hello, it's great to be here. Yes. Oh, <laughs> now, here's the thing. That if people could only see this podcast, you two are like already attached at the hip for some reason. <laughs> Physically, emotionally, and we everything. know each other really well. So for tell me many, this then. many years. So tell and we're me, both brats. Give us yeah. your version of the story, Jacqueline. How did you meet Catherine Lynch? <laughs> well, so it's it's kind of good that this story's been told within the context of your podcast yeah. because there's a certain kind of person I think that you know, gay boys kind of are drawn to. Yeah. And Catherine just epitomises those qualities. <laughs> you know, they're kind of very sure of themselves, very funny, very kind of uh, different. And I remember that myself and Brendan and a few of our other friends were hanging out. This is going back, Catherine. It must be the mid-90s, is it? It was the early... Well, no, I think it was the early 90s. Early 90s, yeah. That yeah. long. About 90... Yeah, four, I'd 94, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Cause That's like, nearly 30 years. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, and we were hanging out in the pub and we just saw this amazing creature walking through I think it might have been in winter and you were in black fur coat and sunglasses and a hat indoors in the middle of winter and I think you still do that that's your working trade look but we were like what in God's name but you were owning the room and you pulled our attention and we're we're like very self-obsessed kind of gay so for you to drag our attention out of us was enough for us to be curious and who was sitting there was Alan Duffy our gorgeous Alan who who we've lost since Uh, uh, Brendan Courtney uh-huh. and Declan and I went over and I went and I was totally drawn to them because I went straight over and went hi and who are ye <laughs> that's the way we acted in the 90s and, and Declan says well I'm Maxie and this is Dick and Twink uh, <laughs> and <laughs> you can't get a camper opening line okay, so for our international listeners but then it was just like oh my god we're, we're entertaining each other and then it was like yeah it was like immediate yeah I think it was well is, is, is that in the context of of life back then for you know the, the, the what 
we used to call the gay scene and it's now yeah. more correctly called the LGBT scene, whatever. Yeah. Um, th- there, w- there was less people. Yeah. And there were also less biologically cisgendered AFAB women mm. running around the place. There weren't that many straight women hanging out with us because the, yeah. the societies were a little bit less, um, there were more, more There di- were more divided. Divided. Yeah. And you were choosy as well, you see. Damn right, yeah. <laughs> damn right. <laughs> so it was definitely one of those things where, you know, we hit it off. You were there fully um, having your chill, having yeah. a good old time, loving your life. Being your own greatest hero. Yeah, do you remember that? And we were like, and we were just like, going, yeah, that's exactly it. That's the reason why we're drawn to each other is because you're just being you, you're authentic. Yeah. And we were like in the formative parts of our own kind of gay journey. Do you think that's why gay formative. men and women get on so well, ultimately? Well, yeah, I think it's because, well, obviously there's the, the, the kind of, the sexuality thing yeah. isn't as isn't intense. And well, you both love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. The story about the falafel in the bed. Oh. You told me earlier that was your safe word, definitely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> falafel. I'm calling it falafel, falafel. No, we, we actually used to hang out with each other so much that sometimes it'd be three days later I'd say, Declan, I think it's time we you went home. Or he'd say, I think it's time I went home. And I went, no. <laughs> but it was also like, I mean, I referred to the thing about being a hero as well. You know, we kind of laughed where we were having, we were young and we were having we were the so best young. of times. Um, so we'd be out all night. Yeah. Working on the the nighttime scene. We worked together in that we small, talk in cafe, small talk cafe. Yeah. Which was like, a kind of a moment in time and sometimes we'd be straight out after work we'd have a you know a night out and then Catherine at the time was also working studying in Bulali. you were doing Bulali yeah. yeah and you so, were working and then I'd go to my thing and then and we'd, some, we'd touch base and she'd go I made it in today I'm my own best hero uh, yeah. I've done it I actually <laughs> managed to live the high life and now I'm doing the real life and, and you know that was what we did yeah, you know we were like we I just want to tell you one funny do, story do, do, about do. Uh, Declan in Small Talk uh, Shane Hart was the manager there and he'd put on on uh, river dance and uh, Declan would come out and he would dance as Michael Flatfeet and I'd come out as Jean Buckneys. Now he did everything from putting even the coconut oil on his chest oh, from oh. the kitchen. I, know, I still have the scars. <laughs> we had Annie Balls who was a drag queen on the chips. Working on the chips. Yeah. <laughs> That's so iconic. That place is like a, a comedy. It was like a comedy. sitcom. Yeah. And then one of the times we were doing that dance somebody ran into us and said Quentin Tarantino you know, and his girlfriend that? are sitting there on table number seven <laughs> looking for one of the magic teapots that and, and you were you were on a crutch that stage and he still did the dance. Yes, we had <laughs> many and, uh, and that must have been Quentin Tarantino yeah. and his girlfriend and I went, do, do you want to hear me sing? I'm gonna sing uh, Caledonia. So I sang Caledonia. Anyway, we are hogging this. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> Please save us, Brian. <laughs> from our stories. I'm loving it. Well, I, what I really want to know is how did you come up with Shirley Temple Bar, the name? Because it's one of the best drag names I've ever heard, I think. Yeah. I didn't come up with it actually to be honest with you okay, okay there's another thing that Catherine and I share was that we both were contestants uh, winners actually winners. of the Alternative Miss Ireland and in 1997 um, Panty was organising the contest for that year I, I hadn't actually seen the event um, I knew it was for a good cause and I knew it would be a kind of a gas night out and yeah. I was an easy kind of sell on the whole thing but I, I had to come up with a character and a thing that I was doing and, and Niall Sweeney who's also a friend of ours and a very uh, well known graphic designer just threw the name at me and I just grabbed it and oh, then it wow. kind of sp- spun the whole thing out of that yeah. like okay she's going to be a like an underage gymnast and she's going <laughs> to you know at the time there was a lot of talk about inner city drug problems yeah. so she was 14 I was like talking about you know I'm giving up the drugs 
to, you know, take on, you know, <laughs> yeah. gymnastics and try to win the community games. Meanwhile, you know, we're performing in a club where ecstasy was in full. You know, it was the 1990s. Yeah. So it was like definitely a kind of a drug culture going on there. So so was that kind of ironic, you know, is this, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. But yeah, so Shirley Temple Bar wasn't my real name. That was, wasn't my own idea. That's my But own also, um, we had to do day wear, evening wear and swimwear. And um, so <laughs> his swimwear was all about the Veruca socks. It yeah. was so funny. Funny. Everything that he did to win that. We and I think in a way you created the whole energy of Alternative Miss Ireland. When you won, it became a situation where we could be, you know, do more characters. Yeah. I could go into it then because I wouldn't have been really able to go into it. How does a straight that. woman go into Alternative <clears throat> Miss Ireland and win it? Yeah, well, you're Catherine a straight Lynch. woman who uh, stuffs her bra, wears wigs. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. you were a drag queen. Yeah. So I was a drag queen <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yeah, you, were. Yeah, yeah. you were and that kind of thing. I mean, it is a really weird thing because it, it isn't, or wasn't in its early stages even a drag competition. It was kind of an arty crowd doing it. it most importantly, it was a charity fundraiser for HIV and AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was a full night out and it was just meant to be that on its own. We, we kind of came in at, with the kind of comedy angle and kind of, you know, did comedy stuff sure. and kind of made it probably a little bit more. And who approached you then to do Telly Bingo? Because I remember seeing you first, you were in full drag, you were full Shirley, and then of course you ditched all that and became full Declan. But who pitched that idea to you in terms of presenting I think it was because drag? what happened in between is after I won the AMI, um, I, I was offered the bingo gig in the George and I just became known for bingo in the yeah. George and yeah. the National Lottery there were was looking for another. down those streets for <laughs> oh, bingo I remember. in the George. I remember. Still is. And they were looking yeah. for, they were looking for another, a, new, a new presenter for the bingo programme for Telly Bingo because yeah. they were changing things around and somebody, I couldn't do it somebody, and then I said Declan might be able I to might do, do it, it. I do it. <laughs> and I just happened to be awake that morning so I said yes, actually exactly. why not I saw you do Lord Thomas of the Dance <laughs> you're a lovely Maureen O'Hara tribute that's me I do love that uh, that's me mm-hmm. with my my, viol- my violin but why did you then ditch Shirley and be Declan on the TV what happened well, just, was there pressure no people like to think that there's some sort of like deep yeah. dark story behind yeah. that to be honest with you people forget that I was doing Shirley Temple Bar drag Th- twice a week actually it was two times a week back then every week for three years and that was just extras. really draining yeah. and I was doing and I was doing nighttime events and it was just got to the point where it was really like I enough. have the figures here it says you did 1,200 shows in the George Wow so, well that's probably a little bit old now that's probably yeah. a, a so more. even more like more, double that yeah. now that's in the George wow. and then the telly shows are different as well that's wow. like three times a week you know so the, the drag thing just became relentless yeah. and I was kind of an accidental drag queen. It wasn't. It wasn't my vocation. You were a I, I didn't. Comedian. I didn't like, know I what it was. Comedian. I was getting into. And it was the same for me. But what Declan created was with with Bingo mm. was a platform for the next uh, alternative Miss Ireland to right. have a place to perform in. So when I won as Tampi Laletta, periodically obsessed country and western <laughs> star. <laughs> stand by your man. Stand by. Stand no, it's stand by your man. trans. Thank <laughs> goodness. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. We're going to change it to stand by your trans. That's right. But um. Yeah, so we got a chance to go to bingo and it was, you know, he'd give us a, a wage and a platform and it was a... Wow. Yeah, it was amazing for and me. A, and a bag of sandwiches at the and end. like yeah, yeah. Carbs? Come on. It was, Are you mad? Yeah. <laughs> we were crazy back then. Yeah. Um, Do you think it has changed now, the, the drag scene, or is there still... Great? Yeah, definitely changed. I think, I think, you know, there was a... We were working in a club back then, and it was it was a club life, and it mm. was all it was everything that it entails, which is a little bit kind of um, underground and a little bit um, yeah, but also kind of yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Gritty. Yeah, but you kind of putting a finger up to society. Yeah. It was not. We weren't we were wanting yeah. to take 
yeah. to be taken seriously. We were basically going, this is, life is silly, we're silly, ha, 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 come laugh with us and have fun. Whereas nowadays, with, with the advent of RuPaul's Drag Race and a real sophisticated, you know, commercialised yeah. version yeah. of that, type of entertainment it's become entirely separated from the community you know the, the, it's everywhere I guess everywhere so, yeah. yeah everywhere and uh, as well as that a lot of the things we said at the time which were hilarious would not be allowed to say now you know well, and yeah, that's also there's enough true. looking over your your shoulder as well and there was no cameras uh, then, this which, is the one thing I laugh about yeah. all the time. I'm so glad and so lucky that social media and well, all that too. kind of stuff was <laughs> Although I would say there'd be some classic great performances that I'd yeah. be very proud of. But mostly <laughs> on the level, I'd be that. going, no, there were some no. very messy moments. Myself yeah. and Panty and Veda have some classic stories that will never be told about <laughs> our messiest moments where we were working on a gig the night before that we had to get to a gig the next day mm-hmm. and the state that we arrived in. Yeah. Because of what we did in between, and oh, that's I just think no. the girls always turned up well. We always showed up. Thank God for but good you were lighting. Way ahead of uh, RuPaul. I mean, like Dolly opened, or not Dolly, but uh, Panty opened the show like RuPaul opens now, and it was twenty years ago. You yeah. know, so his well, uh, it was thirty years ago. You know, he used to open it by saying, "Dear Dolly Parton, in your infinite wisdom and oh really God, great yeah. wigs, help us to choose wisely and may the best <laughs> queen win." Sure, it's the same script as RuPaul. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. that's hilarious. I, when you say that, I remember all of those words. Yeah. But actually, now I see that RuPaul is a Robin, 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 Robin bastard. bastard. He stole <laughs> Panty's whole spiel there. Yeah. That's outrageous. Outrageous. That is outrageous. Don't walk out. Please. I'm going to throw the table upside down. You hear it so all furious. on our podcast, don't you, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> so if you're joining anyway, us from listen, God knows where. About Shirley. We yes. probably want to know a little bit more about Declan. And well, I've learned a new phrase already today, which is coda. I'd never heard of coda before. Yeah. You are a coda. A coda. What's coda? I don't know that. Well, it's a child of death. Adult. Adults. Yeah, and oh. coding, yeah. So code, code is like an expression, of course, the Americans came up with it because they were kind of galvanised as a, as a, a activists around, you know, deaf issues. And then, so obviously the issues facing deaf individuals are separate from the, the issues or the scenarios that are experienced by their children. Mm. But children of deaf parents have a kind of a weird existence because it's, I suppose it's like, imagine your mum is Spanish and your dad's Irish. Yeah. You have a different experience to somebody who has two parents who are Irish because it's you're living on, well. you're living in yeah. two different worlds mm. and the culture thing. Um, there's two different languages and, and, and also sign language, it's not just a spoken language, there's a, there's a lot more to it. And then ultimately you're talking about parents who have, um, like it's a disability, like deaf people have something that stops them from interacting in the world mm in the way that hearing people can. So so there's a lot of stuff going on there. So yes, I'm a coder. Coda became very well known when the, the film Coda won the Oscar last That's year. Right. And how did you come out to your parents? Uh, was it different? Obviously it was. You, you saw. I was trying it. to tell them for ages. Was there a sign language I'm gay? <laughs> like seriously, is, is there a sign language okay, It's really funny you to say that. <laughs> I was trying to tell them for ages and they wouldn't listen to me. Have they met you? <laughs> this is actually another point. It's like some people don't need to come out because they're yeah. already out yeah. by their very existence. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the... I've just lost my train of No, I was, I was asking you, if, is there sign language for gay? I'm gay, I'm yeah. trans, I'm... Well, yes, of course whatever. there is. But the thing about it is, is that I learned my sign language from my parents. Right. So it was only until I was older that I was meeting actual young deaf people that I could learn what the sign for. This is when you're going to need your, your beeper thing. It's like... <laughs> and yeah. shag and lesbian and yeah. you know <laughs> let's have a treat whatever and, it is yeah. Yeah. yeah so I didn't know any of 
but I know it all now because I'm a quick learner. So did you learn kind of slang? A, you know, colloquial sign language from your parents that then you went into the world and thought... No, it's like, it's like you know, what, if you could only learn English mm. from your parents yeah. and your parents were trying to be good parents, yeah. you wouldn't learn no. bad words. You no. wouldn't, you know, it's, it's just not... That's not in the, that was not in our vernacular and they don't swear to De- each other. Declan, so. gay is not a bad word. Well, <laughs> well, that's a good point. Thank you for yeah. enlightening me. What I meant is yeah. a certain kind of, even, know you know, sexual mean. terms. Whatever, but, yeah. So there wasn't a moment as such where you came out. It was, a, was it an energy or was it a gradual thing? So, my, okay, I'm going to tell this story because it's kind of funny. Okay. So, like... I'd kind of come out in stages and I think, I think anybody who's gay knows that you don't just come out one day, you don't just flick the light on and then, you know, unless you do it in a very public way and then everybody knows in one moment. I mean, maybe, like, I mean, maybe yeah. that's the way you feel about yours. But I think sometimes for, for people coming out, it's like, first of all, you kind of have to, the idea has to come into your mind that it exists as a concept. Yeah. Then you have to self-identify as that. Yeah. And then you start to make moves in your life to place yourself in a, in a, in a sphere where you can... Um, activate that part of your identity or whatever mm. and and if you're a professional person sometimes you can you can separate that out from mm. your your social life and so on and so on and so on and sometimes for some people your family life is your parents are kind of late to know sometimes yeah. they're the first to know it depends on you your mean, existence yeah. so for me my parents were a little bit late in the in in the line because I was living in London at the time, yeah. so it was kind of it wasn't imperative for me to face up to talking to them and about you had it. To get used to it yourself. Yeah, and I was running them up, and I wasn't yeah. probably wasn't even sending them postcards except yeah. for every month, or whatever. So, but when when I came home for one Christmas, it was it was on my mind. It was really kind of it was it was in the ether, and I think it was. Also, probably already known, but it was yeah. just one of those ones where this is coming and I was a bit pissed off because I was going to hate this. I don't want to have to have a big kind of serious conversation. Yeah. So my mum and I were sitting there in the in the living room. I was obviously staying in their house for, for Christmas um, and we were watching something on television and um, I think we, we had some stupid, like some really immature argument over what we watch on the television because yeah. it was that level of kind of tension in the room which is every family <laughs> and um, you know my mum said something like really this is so dumb uh, she said something like oh, I knew you'd want to watch this oh, oh yeah. the Wizard of Oz I replied you know, you know something well yeah. no it wasn't it was probably wasn't even anything like I knew you'd want to watch this about this it was just my mum was just being a bit of a and my response was you what are you saying? You don't know anything about me. Uh, How dare you say that to and me? We're off. And then my mum went, I know you're gay. And that was it. Oh, dum, brilliant. Dum, dum, dum. I went, well done, mum. She told wow. me. She, she was basically just going, get it out of the room. And that was it. Because the tension had been palpable. The and pink elephant in the room. Like that a, was it. It oh, was brilliant. done. And I was like, oh, well done, mum. You're cleverer than I gave you credit for. So it was just done. And it was like, that was it. So no hugs, no tears. I know no, there was a bit dad. of a conversation afterwards, of course. But it was yeah. just at that, that kind of watershed moment, kind of, the, the, you know, the wound it had to be like, cauterized yeah, and yes. done. The rather than and kind of, I don't know why I'd kind of built it up. And I didn't want to have to have conversations. Stations and explanations. Like we call it now uh, uh, on the podcast because you're letting in story rather than you're coming out. Yeah, story. yeah I but do love that. Yeah, and I think letting in is what they should go forward with. Is going. I think I'll let that person into my gender. I'll let that person yeah. into uh, who I am. Yeah, and, and that's brilliant. I mean, if if you have, because a lot of people have a certain amount of privilege that they can feel safe in their closet or yeah. in their whatever identity, and it doesn't actually impact the outside world but for, for many people you know and this is what I was thinking about when you because I, I know you, you want to talk about heroes and stuff mm. I always remember when coming out in the scene first 
that there are loads of amazing people, activists have done amazing things and I know you, you've talked about so many of them over the years but one thing I always remember is in the 1980s, the late, I was in college, going into a gay bar and realising that gay bars have such a mix of people in them, yeah. different backgrounds and stuff but the undoubted foundation, bedrock to the gay scenes have always been working class camp boys and yeah. butch women because yeah. they had right. nowhere to go and they are the ones who, who they basically created the community around which individual leaders might pop up and take the limelight or whatever yeah. but without them the fab drab queens don't have an the audience. audience the community can't build because there's no whatever and their bravery and their the, this crap that those people had to face yeah. and so they had to wear it yeah, 24, hours a, day, 24 hours a day deal with all of the discrimination deal with all of the kind of like class bullshit and yet they still had the the whatever the integrity and, and the yeah. the brilliance yeah. to, to, to be part of the, the communities that we needed they were all nascent gay scenes and it was tiny little groups of people but they're the ones else go, and they never really get mentioned they're the ones that give us the character you know Everything. they give us character yeah. because I remember like I was from the countryside I was from a, a semi middle class family you're the same yeah. Panty the same you know Veda the mm. same and all of a sudden we have this bohemian set that nobody has a class nobody cares what your dad does nobody cares you know or somebody could come in and say do you know her dad is Charlie Hawhey's uh, brother you yeah, know or, yeah. really do yeah. you know that boys own are in on the fridge in there talking Danny Balls <laughs> you know that Quentin yeah. Tarantino is on is Boots it, no, 3 exactly. And, uh, exactly and you know that uh, you know all the, the we do you know, there was tracksuit boys, there was suit boys, there was, you know, Every butch kind girls, of person. Was... The mix is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The mix is incredible, but... And right. the straights, of course. Yeah, but I mean, mm-hmm. back then, though, it wasn't really, because it's it wasn't... straight men. Yeah. The, late yeah. eight, the late 90s is only when gay bars became a little bit, you know, more open, because yeah. it was definitely, there were blackened windows, and people were kind of, you know, ducking mm-hmm. and diving in, it was definitely a separate. Well, all my out. straight girlfriends used to love going to gay bars, because straight men wouldn't head on them. Hey, here's what I do want to ask you though, Declan. Okay. Do you think that when you come up with a persona like Shirley Temple Bar and you put the garb on, mm. that you're giving Declan a rest? De- Declan gets a rest and you become Shirley. Like how much of Declan is in Shirley? How much was Shirley in Declan already? That's kind of, okay, there's a, there's a, I, I, every drag queen will, will, say, will say something different here, I think. Because yeah. some, to some of them, it's, it's an authentic expression of something very personal in, in terms of style yeah. and in terms of personality. For other people, you're, you're literally going into a play box and you're slapping on a wig and a mm. clown's nose and a pair of funny glasses and you're yeah. going, I'm going to do whatever I can to mm. make you have a good time. Because that's actually my, my motivation. So for me, it was always about creating kind of a character creating and then world. creating a place where we could be crazy together and have mm. a laugh and yeah. so it was very much external for me for me he was little Britain he was also but then Shirley mm. can come out some uh, Shirley was always unpredictable because Shirley could come out the most glamorous looking like Sarah Jessica Parker yeah. the most stylish or she could come out with the two plats and looking like yeah. ribbon looking like yeah with the like spots thrown on your with cheeks spots, that's right. looking yeah. like Gormless. Pippi Longstocking so yeah and it, it wasn't was, and again for, for many drag queens their aesthetic is about beauty and about what it looks like yeah now me, it seems to be way more kind of high end like but as it's about feminine aesthetic, as possible about but it's about beauty. them whereas uh, Shirley was about everyone else you know and yeah. it was about creating a community mm. and and, but, but again it, it depends on what your what your interests are if your mm. interest in fashion and beauty and what the picture looks like like at the end then of course course a photograph of a, of one of those kind of queens will look different to a photograph of somebody who is I'm using my quote fingers here ugly yeah. because 
the photograph only or tells you part of the story you because yeah. you don't know what they just did on stage and how the room was roaring laughing with the ugly queen while the beautiful queen was dead in the face dead in the legs and dead in the heart and, didn't, and dead in <laughs> yeah. the room yeah. so you know and it, not coming back next week <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. he's not even getting paid <laughs> that check won't clear <laughs> <laughs> Don't call us, we'll call you. And that's how I met Dolly. <laughs> oh. Poor Dolly, we'll Poor have you Dolly. on. <laughs> so, You're so, number 79, Dolly. <laughs> when you were growing up, say, in the house, you were watching yeah. the telly, you were doing all of that. Who Was there somebody on the TV you thought, oh, that's for some reason, that's my gay representation, even though maybe you didn't have that clear language? Isn't it funny, though, because like I grew up, like I, I'm like old enough to have been a child during the, the 70s and the early 80s yeah. when some of the representation was really awful. Like yeah. it was like John Inman on Are You Being Served? Or it was, you know, British comedians just putting on a bit of kind of funny, like Les Dawson mm-hmm. used to do like... You know, yeah, you know, that's right. I didn't feel that represented gay. I just felt that was, was yeah. playing with femininity and, and sexuality yeah. and gender. And in, comedy. Yeah, yeah. And comedy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to panty calls a gender illusion. Do you call it gender illusion too? Well, no, because I'm not trying to convince yeah. anybody that I'm a different gender. Well, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm doing something Decker different. Decker will be similar to me when it comes to dragging yeah, up. Yeah, you're like, kind yeah. of clown box. Clown yeah, like boxes, yeah. Like laugh. just throw it on and yeah. and find a character and, and find a reason. And it's comedy ultimately. You know, yeah. and it's yeah. about the audience rather than, yeah. like I really don't care 100% of looking glamour or whatever and everyone shouts, we know! But... <laughs> <laughs> No, you don't. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. But um, yeah, so let's go. Like, I mean, your your performances are all based on music. So if you were to go to your favourite uh, iconic tune, what is yeah. that? Or... Yeah, I, I know. I knew you were going to ask me this. And this, this kind of question it's always kind of, it's hard because the stuff that you do at work and everybody kind of sees your identity around certain kind of music. And I, I am a big Madonna fan. I've I always been Madonna. Madonna's my kind of like um, pop star of my life. Right. Um, if there was ever going to be anybody playing my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Your face is, it would be Madonna playing Catherine Lynch. No. <laughs> now Thanks that I would pay to say. You saved yourself there now. Continue with the story, please. So like, like Vogue was kind of coming out when I was coming out. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of yeah. my, you know, if there was kind of in a, like a, it's a sin film where, I, yeah. you know, I'm a young gay guy dancing in his horrible jeans and I, you know, clocking the eyes with a guy for the first time. Vogue is going to be in the background. Yeah, but if you've seen uh, Declan Shirley dancing to Vogue, you're an amazing dancer, <laughs> always have been. But even while you're sitting here in the pod, you're very um, animated. You know? Coda. Yeah, you, oh, yeah, I that's have good, Coda. isn't it? And it's thing, always you know? this lovely, you have lovely movement. I used to have to sit my hands in school because yeah. I used to get bullied ah, for being yes. very like, it wasn't because I'm flamboyant, it's because I'm fluent in Irish Sign Language. Yeah, which is and a I good think cover. that's gorgeous and it's it gives you cover. such a lovely energy around you and I think that's why people are drawn to you. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you signing in Irish with your parents? No, no. Actually, funny you should mention that. Like, uh, my mum uh, went to university in the, in the United States because even though she was one of the first deaf people to do her leaving cert, she wasn't able to go to college in Ireland because she didn't have Irish in wow. order to matriculate. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. She went off to the States. But, so no, we don't. Sp- I can speak a bit of Irish, but my parents don't. No. <laughs> Irish Sign Language is called Irish Sign Language to separate it from... British Sign Language or French Sign Language right. each it, it's different it's actually slightly different well actually it's quite a lot so, different So Declan do you view your work just say in RT and at Bingo as a form of activism I know I do so I wonder where's your head with that? Well yeah I think I think just being yourself I, I look I struggle with this because I think that you know being yourself is political and being open about your mm-hmm. identity is political is it activism? I think 
everybody's an activist then yeah. if the work that you do in your life and just being you can make the world a better place yeah. for you and people like you. Is that activism? Well, I don't know. I think it's com- more community it's again. Political, it? definitely, it's political, yeah. definitely. And I know, I suppose I've been asked the same question and it depends who's asking it and I will say, yes, I've represented Cuspid Society. Yeah. Women in my work and, but we're evolving all the time, I suppose. I think that if, you're, if, you're, if your work or your intent is to improve the life of somebody who isn't you yeah. in that more, more kind of charitable sense, then I think there's definitely activism associated yeah. with it. I think if it's yeah. a little bit but too close to your heart. we never thought ourselves as activists at no. the time. We were just having the absolute You were too busy crack. being yourself. Well, absolutely. representation is very important yeah. and there was definitely moments where I know that there were, you know, watershed moments happening for LGBT people yeah. in Ireland that I was definitely there. Whether our intention was 100% about representation, no, we were, we were just forcing our own. Yeah. So that's why that's why and there's an ambivalence there. In between. a way we were the court jesters because an odd time you would get kind of off with our head, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. like yeah. a few yeah. times my head Oh I know. You, people spin. don't like people getting too up yeah. themselves, you know. Yeah, so. You know, we build up our heroes. So it's a clever thing legs. to do because I think you can bring up really serious topics in a, in a joke way. Like put it in a joke, put it in a performance but still get a really important message across. Yeah, and I think I think I think that the LGBT community, though in Ireland, is very evolved and is very informed and very political. Mm-hmm. I know we're not that far away from a very serious conversation anytime we finish a show. Mm. We have some of our best chats in the dressing room in the George yeah. where we talk for years and years and years talking about, you know, gender, talking about politics, about, yeah. you know, every aspect of our lives and our identities, but also how they interact with the world at large. We have chats about global also, warming. Also, on a ser- serious note, they had to invite me into their dressing room as well. <laughs> yeah. I was a straight girl. I'm not on the same page all the time, you know. I mean, I, I every day was a yeah. school day when I went in there and sometimes Sometimes it was intimidating and sometimes mm. it was hilarious. But it was all, I'd never swap it for the world because it was just a learning. Oh, I'd love I, to I've learned so much. Gay wall. Oh, you, know, uh, we, you have talked about your gay icon. It's, and the anthem and the icon are the same people, is it Madonna? And well, Vogue. Madonna, Madonna and Vogue. No, but I think I, I think I would say that my my kind of gay icon is a weird one because, yeah, yeah Madonna's probably a gay icon in the way yeah. that. Did that, you meet her yet? No. I wasn't I Madonna if you're listening Declan Buckley I didn't meet her yeah. and all my friends did I'm raging yeah like Panty has met her Brendan, Brendan has they all met her and every time oh, they not I mention you. Madonna's name they go I met her and I go okay I fine. know they'd sick in your arse wouldn't they it's disgusting it's <laughs> you know I know you're Richie Buckley <laughs> yes my cousin you know that Richie Buckley famous. his cousin played with Van Morrison for years oh on saxophone oh my god I didn't yes. know he played yes. it yes. Yes. yes yes my cousin yeah my cousin Richie is very 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 accomplished incredible uh, jazz musician, saxophone player and, and, and actually so was his dad before him. In yeah. fact, my whole, many of my cousins from the Buckleys are very talented musicians. Yeah. My dad was deaf so needless to say <laughs> it's gift to generation. Work with, he worked with Marcel Marceau though. My dad is a mime actor. He's a yeah, mime this is artist. A Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That is yeah, amazing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah wow. Do you play anything at all? No? Um, I play the baron on stage all the time. I've seen you do <laughs> yeah, that. It's not really I, me playing, yeah. but you know. Um, yeah, the, uh, the, the. Do you know what you did help me do? I will say to you that so, be, you know, years ago I'd see Dragon. I think, oh yeah, well you know how hard can it be to get up and lip sync to somebody else's work, you know? And then I actually got a real education about it when I started going to see you. And then I lived in New York. I went to see a few amazing people. It's actually very difficult to lip sync. Yeah, yeah it depends. On, but also, it's not just about your mouth. It's about your face and yeah. your body, and it's about whether the audience give a shit. <laughs> 
the that's end right. of the day. And if, they, if you can't get yeah. all that stuff together. I think it's a high art. I really do. And sometimes, actually, when, when Queen's... Have you ever lip-synced? Yeah. <laughs> one of your shows? Yeah, of course I have. You have to, like, Sometimes you have show. to on TV. Yeah, 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 Absolutely. On top of the pops, any of those places, wow, yeah, you have to lip-sync. Songs of praise. <gasps> oh. You have to lip-sync. Speaking of songs of praise, I was there when you two guys met. Oh, where are you? Where? Do you, oh, we were at in, Small Talk. Do you know this? Maybe you don't know the story. Do you oh, remember? No, I can't do you mean remember. the Clarence? Yes. yes oh, yes. the Clarence, you were yeah, there. I was with you. That was an AIDS benefit, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And you were on stage. I was. And she couldn't bear the attention and lights <laughs> being in a different direction to her. So she started singing at you from the you top back. heckling me from the back. <laughs> yeah. Heckling. Everybody hurts. Everybody hurts. REM, that's uh, exactly right. And then right. he gave me an album, We Must yes. Do It Together Now. And yeah. Yeah. Declan, you're 20, <laughs> you're 20 years together with uh, your fella. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't exist in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have a husband. Yeah. This is the sound of my ring. Oh, and um, it's a lovely ring so you have. You, <laughs> you give like um, lots of advice on the radio. What, what's the best bit of advice you have about longevity? Because I haven't a clue. I can't. can't I can't last two months. Oh, no, I don't. I don't I, that's not how it works, though, isn't it? It's like yeah. you know, I'm lucky yeah. enough to have found somebody who can put up with me in as equal measure as that I can put up with him, and that's it. We've what does really, he think of Shirley? That doesn't come up. It's not really part of it. Like, um, yeah, I met Andrew in 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 Ham nightclub back in two thousand and maybe two thousand no two thousand. And I was singing when somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, seriously. When somebody. Um, and we've been together for that whole time. You know, we our families have grown up. You know, we're just long-term old gays. That's what yeah. We are. No, they're it's fantastic. Like very, and Andrew very, is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, he's beautiful. Um, and as is Dick. Oh, there's hope they're for a us gorgeous all. couple <laughs> together. God. They really are. Um, if, if you and Andrew's house was on fire, what would you save out of your house? What piece of valuable property do you yeah. have? We have we have an amazing art collection because Andrew's totally into that stuff. Ah, uh, really? I don't think that that would be the first thing that I would grab for. Yes. Um, I used to have a tangible music collection that I really would like, you know, my, my CDs and all yeah, that. But yeah. now everything is online. And it, it, that wouldn't matter if that melted into a pool of plastic <laughs> um, because you could always go online to your Spotify. I, I'm not a very material person I, I'm not really would you not save Andrew maybe if you well, sleep well, <laughs> he's, no he, he doesn't sleep a wink on <laughs> account of me snoring he's not even awake before me with such a marriage so do you, do you have a, a favourite gay quote like an Oscar Wilde quote that you love maybe yeah no I think I think what he went through with, w- was quite a big thing actually no I was thinking about that because reading a book recently and I'm going to swap, swap away from him to talk about Hirschfeld to Magnus yeah. Hirschfeld and about how he's kind of a contemporary oh of, the Hirschfeld Centre yeah course, and he's right. a German doctor who um who just was curious and kind and considerate enough to try yeah. to evaluate people's sexual orientation and identity and mm. their gender. And he did loads of research and he had he built up this amazing place in Berlin that the, the Nazis destroyed. And a lot of what he was talking about, a lot of what he was um, exploring is still really pertinent today. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about the, you know, the, the trans issue that, that, that yeah. that's causing a lot of consternation for people on the far right. A lot of what he was saying was exactly the same stuff. He explored people. He, he did he was thousands and thousands of, of interviews with people. Why do you think it's still the same old story? You know, beforehand because it was like women difference. couldn't vote. You know, black people, people couldn't marry white people. Yeah. Yeah. people. And the trans that. people are getting in. And act yeah. I mean, it's just so because ridiculous. people want to scapegoat as well. But people they won't want be to blame. get it in the neck because we're all, uh, yeah. we're all on side this time. Like, there's nobody... 
Uh, there's not too many people missing mm. from the you know equality now. Like, look at the country. Has well, I hope that's that. true. I you know, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like, look example. what's happening in America and in the UK, and how quickly people can start trying to to flip back on on exactly. you know yeah. cultural. And I'm using my kind of sneer quote fingers there because they're trying to pretend that these things can be removed, but you can't remove a human right. You can't no, remove you can't. anything. You, even, you can't even give a human right. It, it either exists it in a moral reality or it doesn't. That's right. And I think that I think the trans community definitely have my support. I think yeah. I think there's been a lot of outrageous um, scaremongering kind of you know created around them. A lot of the time for political gain in order to galvanise a particular set of people yeah. who they had lost for other kind of shenanigans because people were bored with Boris or Trump or whatever you know, yeah. and they're trying to whip them all up. And you know I can see what you're doing. Yeah, we can see what you're doing. And on that note, we are going to wrap up. And I swear I could talk to you for another three hours. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go for lunch. Yes. <laughs> Yay! So thank you for being on Around the World in 80 Guys, it's great time. It's my play to you. pleasure. Thanks so much, guys. We were looking forward to it so much. Oh, honestly. I love time. I love talking about myself. <laughs> And alas, I've got to take my legs 11 and get the heck out of here as we have come to the end of our chat with our guest this week, Declan Buckley. Oh, no, we haven't. Oh, yes, we have, Brian. Declan does the bingo, not the panto. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, make sure you follow us on all our socials for the latest updates. And if you enjoyed our chat, please rate and review wherever you listen. It really matters. It really does. Now, listen, before we leave you, each week we like to end with an inspirational quote, each from an LGBTQIA plus legend. And this week it's from Dry Queen Empress Miss Bonnie who said Catherine Before I go off on someone and criticise them I try to determine if this is actually something that bugs me about myself because that's when I'm the most critical Oh sounds like a good lesson to me I don't get her at all (laughs) (laughs) Hey listen see you all next week for another episode of Around Around the the World world in 80 80 Gays